0: Hello everyone. My name is Ben Montgomery. Welcome to Ridgeview. I help with KidZone here. I'm really excited to be sharing today. I've been really helped by the message series so far, Streams of Thought, all these ideas and thoughts running through my mind. It's been really helpful for me to get perspective on that. And I'm excited to talk about habits today because I need help with habits and maybe you do too. So glad to be here. Let's jump in. I'd like to start today by looking at the words of an ancient prophet. These are God's words written down by Isaiah. So let's go ahead and look at this together. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You and I are invited. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. And God offers us exactly what we need. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Not only does God offer what we need, but he offers it for free. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. I mean, we do that, right? We chase all kinds of things that leave us hungry. Then he says, listen, listen to me. God longs for us to listen to him, but that could be so hard for us. We just want to do things our way, right? We don't want to do things his way. We think we know better. Listen to me and eat what is good. And your soul will delight in the richest affair. So the creator of the universe is offering us the best of the best. And then in verse 3, come, give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. So David had a, uh, was a man after God's own heart, and God made him someone who showed the people around him how good God was. And he wants to make that kind of covenant with Israel and today with us. Verse 5, surely you will summon nations you know not and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because, not because of you, but because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for He has endowed you with splendor. So again, God gives us something as we turn to Him, as we do things His way that allow us to show the world how good He is and help draw them to Him through His power and for His glory. Now, listen to the next verses really carefully. Verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let's read it again. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. God is near. He is near to each one of us, and today is the day to seek him. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. And we can each ask ourselves whether we're following Christ right now or we're still figuring that out we can each ask ourselves am I moving toward God today or am I moving away from Him if I'm moving away from Him will I turn around again he says let Him turn to the Lord for He will have mercy on Him and to our God for He will freely pardon now here's this next verse is a key part of what we're talking about today verse 8 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord God is saying, you don't think the way I think. You don't do things the way I do. Now, at this point, I'm tempted to say to God, well, you know, I I mostly do. I mostly think the way you think and do things the way you do. But that is so wrong. Look at verse 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. There's just no comparison. So as we consider that, let's pray together. And then we're going to continue uh, looking at how God helps us to take on his thoughts and his ways. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you please help us? You tell us so clearly that we don't think and act the way you do. It doesn't come naturally to us. But you made the world and you made us. You give us every breath that we breathe. Your ways are right and just and true and true. And so we have to learn from you, and we have to live life your way. Please help us to do that and to show the world around us how good you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, today we're wrapping up our Streams of Thought message series. We've been talking about how the things that get into our minds have a huge impact on the way we experience life. Over time, they shape our perspective, which is the way we see the world and the way we think the world works, and our values, which is what we think is most important out of all the things in life. That perspective and values shapes our behavior, the things we do. And then our behavior, including the way we choose to respond to the things that happen to us, maybe something bad happened to us, we didn't cause it, but we still choose how to respond. Our behavior, including those responses, either creates more joy in our life or robs us of joy. And today we're talking about healthy habits, which are crucial if we're going to keep our hearts soft toward God and our minds sharp towards His ways and His thoughts in the middle of all the thoughts whirling around us. We want to have soft hearts to humble ourselves before Him. And we want to make the effort, you know, to to really think about the things that He's saying are most important in life so that we can slowly but surely, with His help, put them into practice. God wants us to have joy in life. He invites us to do things His way. He made the world He knows how it works. He designed it a specific way and he invites us to participate in that. And he invites us to build the habits that allow us to do that, the habits he wants for us. So when we do that, joy can really flow in us and then through us to the world around us. And when I say joy, I mean a deep happiness that does not depend on our circumstances. Now, for me, I've had mixed results when it comes to habits. Probably you have, too. I mean, I I sometimes wonder, have I made real progress? I think I have in a lot of ways, but there's still a part of me that's like, ah, I just, I'm stuck in a rut. I'm doing things that are not helpful, that move me away from God. And then I ask myself, am I experiencing the joy that God really wants for me? I grew up in Chicago, and I'm sure there were some good habits, but lately I've been thinking of some of the bad ones, and one of them was in fourth grade, I just stopped doing my homework. I just didn't really care, and what I would do is I'd get to school, and I'm sure you've experienced this or heard this or seen this on TV, but I would just make up the most ridiculous excuses to my teacher for why I couldn't um, present my homework. You know, the dog ate it, my sister ate it, that kind of thing. I didn't even have a dog. I, I did have sisters, and It got so bad that my teacher finally threatened to fail me. Not my greatest moment. Fourth grade. Now, some of my classmates had been doing the same thing, and so I I guess it seemed like a good idea at the time. I mean, maybe you've been influenced by the people around you at some point as well. Well, I made it through fourth grade somehow. I made it to high school. And in Chicago, I would take the train to school every day. And So I got, during high school, into another healthy habit. Uh, Every day, I I would rush to the station. And this is not Grand Central Station. This is a tiny little, this is Austin Station on the Green Line. If you've ever been there, it's a turnstile, a little booth, and a little candy shack in the corner. And I would get my breakfast there. Now, the good news was breakfast was only 50 cents. But the bad news was it was a pack of Skittles. I would get a pack of Skittles. I'd eat that for breakfast. I'd head on to school. Now, why would I do that? Because I had the habit of being late, to get to the train. It was was rushing, right? And why was I in a habit of rushing? Because I was in a habit of getting up late. So these bad habits stacked up. They really do ripple out in so many different areas of life. After high school in Chicago, my family moved to a completely different place. We moved to Niger, West Africa. If you've never heard of Niger, neither had I. But it's just north of Nigeria, it's mostly Sahara Desert, and we were working at a missionary hospital there for the year. I was done with school, so I worked. My mom was a nurse. My dad did IT work and some consulting with people there. So we were there, and I had a habit there of running, going jogging. A much better habit, right? There was an airstrip that ran ran along the edge of the compound. It was one kilometer long. And so I could go out there and know exactly how far I'd run. I'd just go back and forth, back and forth. So I would do that. Now, there was something... I would, I would run at night, first of all, because it was really hot during the day. It was a little less hot at night. So I'd go out there at night, it's really dark, but I could go back and forth. And there was something very fascinating about that airstrip. There was something about the way the wind blew, that when I would run one direction down there, all I would hear is the rushing of the wind in my ears. That was, that was it. I'd just fill my ears, I'd be pounding along on the gravel and just hear the wind but when i would get to the end of the airstrip and turn around it was completely different it was so strange then i could hear everything else could hear my feet crunching on the gravel if anybody else was nearby i could hear them in fact one time there was a guy so close i had no idea he was there until i turned around and the wind was gone from my ears i was thinking about that because it's such a strange and striking experience and you know, in, in one direction, just no awareness of what's going on around me. But then you turn and suddenly you can see things so much more clearly. You can experience life so much more clearly. With the sound of the wind gone, everything else comes back into focus. And so I, I was wondering, what if that's like the power of a habit? We're talking about habits today. What if it's like that? Maybe we've been doing something for a long time and we don't even realize we're doing it, but then it has this effect. And, and by stopping, we suddenly get a much better perspective on what's going on around us. Or maybe building the right habit is what stops the wind from rushing through our ears and we can actually get clarity of what's going on. So we're going to circle back to that. Now, I I was jogging at that time because I wanted to join the soccer team. I wanted to try out for the team and hopefully make the team at uh, college the next year. Unfortunately, my habit wasn't good enough. First of all, I was running with flip-flops sounds crazy right it's probably not good for my knees i i I don't know but it was easier it was hot there and i just didn't like putting on socks and heavy shoes and so i would run it in flip-flops up and down that but when i got back to regular shoes later it was much harder heavier i don't know i'm not much of a runner but it just made it a more challenging and frustrating experience it was harder to stick with it the even bigger problem i had was i just kind of gave up on it when my routine changed. A lot of habits are dependent on our routines. We build good cues to start that routine. We can can build good habits more easily. And so when we moved uh, away from Niger, I didn't keep up with it that next summer. And so I lost whatever I had built in terms of endurance and in terms of just choosing to do something hard to get better at something. So, too bad. The power of habits follows us all through life. Uh, For better or for worse, you know, I haven't eaten skittles in a while, but I actually haven't gone running in a while either Um, Lately, I've been struggling with habits. This is a strange year, right? I mean, I'm not getting any real exercise now I'm working from home. I I used to get a tiny bit now. It's really none I, I don't know if any of you have an app that'll tell you that you should exercise more I'm getting these notices at like 1130 at night that if I just go exercise hard for 28 minutes I can still make my goal for the day. I mean, it's it's really kind of sad, but even worse than kind of losing that habit of trying to stay active, I've been finding myself really frustrated and agitated about the state of the world and about the state of my disagreements with people that I see things differently from. Now, I, I know a lot of that is normal, but I I honestly feel like I've been overreacting with that, and it's been kind of consuming me in certain ways over the last several weeks. And, you know, it's... It's not surprising when I consider how I keep reading inflammatory, inflammatory news posts. I keep scrolling through social media stuff that's not been helpful for me. And we did a media fast um, here at Ridgeview and that was really helpful to just put that all on pause. You know what? I actually don't need to know every bit of news the moment it gets reported in order to feel like I'm living a real life. But that's kind of a revelation for me because I'm so addicted. To get in that next piece of news. Social media is the same way. I, I can actually take some time away from it and be better off. And, you know, I, I got FOMO, a fear of missing out, but I can set that aside and it, it actually helps me. So that media fast has been a huge help. Because in the middle of this, this aggravation, this sense of unease, this sense of I'm not handling my relationships well because I'm, I'm choosing bad habits or I'm letting myself get pulled into that, I ask myself, where's the joy in all this? You know, we, we long for it. To the extent that I choose junk habits instead of healthy ones, I don't experience the joy that I long for. and I, I have this need for it. It's almost like a craving, a very deep need for it. And something will remind me of that. But then what I try to do, the, the routine that I try to use to get that joy, it just doesn't get me where I want to be. I, I don't get it. I end up getting something that frustrates me. So, kind of the definition of a bad habit in a way. And I think we all experience this, you know. I'm, I'm really grateful that we can be thinking through our streams of thought in this message series and that we can look at what kind of habits will help us to redirect the stuff that's really pulling us down, that's keeping joy from us. In this series, we learned that the average person has like 50,000 thoughts a day. I mean, That's incredible. And these thoughts tend to flow in a certain direction depending on what stream we're letting our mind float in. So we focused on how we need to stream the right things in order to find the joy God wants for us. Because if it's garbage in, it's garbage out. But we want healthy in and then healthy out. And nowadays we could stream anything we want. We could put whatever we want into our minds. Sometimes something will trigger a song lyric in my head from like 30 years ago. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't listen to the most helpful music when I was in high school. So it, it's, it's there. It comes in, and we can flow any kind of music we want into our mind, and it can last a very long time. It can be pulled back up later and start to move our thoughts in a certain direction again. We can choose to stream TV and movies, and we, we do. It's, it's fine to relax and have some entertainment from time to time, but actually each of those stories is designed... To bring us to a specific place emotionally And to feel good About the choices that a character makes And if we step back from those stories A lot of the choices that those characters make That we're cheering for Are really not helpful They're really unbiblical Just think of revenge as just one example How often that's celebrated in the stories we watch Then there's podcasts Talk radio, video games So many ways we can bring things into our mind. And not only do we have thoughts coming at us from the world around us, we also have thoughts coming from inside of us. So we have to learn how to deal with those too. Those are not always helpful either. If I follow my heart, I'm going to end up in a very sad place. Now, Here's the point. Again, God wants us each to enjoy the life he's given us, to experience deep happiness that does not depend on our circumstances, to experience joy. And so he leads us away From the negative streams of thoughts, and He leads us away from the destructive emotions that are tied to them. He provides us with everything we need to rise above the circumstances of life that we face. So, over the last several weeks, we've been looking at God's guidance in Scripture for redirecting our thoughts away from unhelpful thoughts and to God and His truth. And if you missed any of these messages, I encourage you to check them out online, they're really helpful. You can listen to them, and you can see what, from each of those, you can put into practice. But in the meantime, here are some highlights. We looked at how our happiness does not actually depend on our circumstances. And I so often think that it does, that my happiness depends on my circumstances. But it doesn't. We can redirect our thoughts with God's help. We also learned about who we are determines what we do. Me on the inside is what decides about the choices I make. And you know what? God is the only one who can tell us who we really are. We do not have to depend on the people around us for the kind of approval that we long for. We do not have to depend on our own anxious thoughts for that. God is the one who sets our value. We also talked about how in the midst of so much anger, so much bitterness, we can choose God's forgiveness and we can experience a peace that is beyond understanding. So deep a peace that we can't really explain it apart from God. Instead of binging on streams from our culture, we can binge on the Bible where there's stories of heroes who dealt with very difficult things and who chose forgiveness, who chose to trust God, they chose faith. We can binge on the Bible and get God's word strengthening us to let go of resentment and bitterness. And God's word also reminds us to turn to him as we face anxiety and trouble. There is definitely trouble in this world, but we really can have joy every day as he walks with us through the struggles of life. We can live by faith, knowing that God will faithfully provide everything we need. And at the end of it all, he will make everything right. We can trust that, and we can, we can focus on the long view of history. And all of this points to how, how pervasive, how constant the spiritual battle of life is. We have a real enemy who wants to destroy us, and it's easy to get isolated. It's easy to get beaten down. But as we stay alert, as we remember that Jesus Christ, as we trust him and make him the boss of our lives, Jesus Christ is our champion. He is our refuge. And so we can press on in faith. We can fight with the power God provides. We can use his power to stand up under the attacks of the enemy. So all of that leads us to today, where we're gonna look at what it means to build key habits for relating to God. Again, for moving away from the unhelpful streams of thought and streaming his thoughts and his ways more and more because they're not like ours. They're not like those of the world around us. We're going to focus on cultivating habits that feed our joy. And instead of garbage in, garbage out, we're going to try to shift from healthy in and then to healthy out. We can soak in the things of God and those things give us life and then we can be the kind of people who share that life who spread that life to the world around us. But how do we do that? We have all kinds of habits, and you know, we, we don't even realize most of them. Some of them help us, but for the most part, I think if we're honest, we realize that if we follow our own natural inclinations, our habits will move us away from God, and there's no lasting joy or peace there. I think we all get that good habits will help us, but if, that, if we just got it and we just did it, we'd be done, right? No problem. So what is it that holds us back? Is it a lack of willpower? Is it getting distracted? Do we think maybe deep down that it doesn't really matter? It only matters a little and so it's not worth it. Maybe it won't make much of a difference. I know I wrestle with all of those. God wants so much more for us than we could ever get on our own. Jesus Christ, who was God among us, makes this so clear Let's take a look at John 10, 10 together. Jesus says the thief, he's talking about the enemy here, the enemy of all people, the one who wants to destroy us, keep us from God forever. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So the enemy wants to destroy, steal and kill. Jesus Christ wants to give us life to the full the abundant life that only he can give us so how do we take hold of this abundant life a little later in john in john 15:5 jesus says this he says i am the vine and you are the branches if a man remains in me and i in him he will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing so we need to build habits that help us remain in jesus We need to build habits that take us past ourselves and our natural inclination, our arrogant tendency to shut God out of our life. Those are the kind of habits we need to build. This isn't the way we think naturally. God's ways don't come naturally to us. Remember Isaiah 55? So we need to fill our minds with God's thoughts in order to rise above the circumstances of life. There are four habits that can help us do this. Some of these are from passages that we've looked at in this series already, and my hope is that as we review some of these and look at things in slightly different ways, that this will help tie all this together and that we will be able to take specific action to put these into practice so that we can really experience today, today, and through this next week and on into the rest of this wild 2020, we can experience God's joy and peace in new ways, ways we haven't experienced before. This will have a tremendous impact on us if we choose to take action. So the first healthy habit, choosing gratitude. We've talked about this, and we've looked at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful, always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And in the fifth week of this series, Joel showed us from the book of James why we can be grateful in all circumstances. We could be thankful because God doesn't waste our trouble. Have you had trouble? Yes. Have I had trouble? Yes. And each time we struggle with something, whether it's what we caused or something that happened to us that was less related to our own decisions, we get to choose how we respond. And God doesn't waste it as we turn to him. If we ignore him, if we keep going our own way in the middle of all that and you know, maybe blame him or just say, I'm not going to factor God in, then that trouble is in a way wasted. We don't grow from it the way we could. As we turn to God, he allows it to build something good in us. He uses it to refine our character and to strengthen us as we turn to him. So I would say today, if, if you're facing trouble, and if you're not today, it will come again for all of us soon. When we face trouble, when you face trouble as best you can, Thank God for what He will do through those struggles. It's not easy, but we can choose in faith to thank Him for it. I hate this. I hate this situation. It feels so unfair. I'm really struggling with why, God, you would let this happen to me. But please give me your perspective. Please help me to see right now that you're going to do good things through this if I trust you and obey you. Thank you, God, for this, even though I don't like it. You can do that. Just do that as best you can. You know, another facet of gratitude, choosing gratitude as a habit, is the habit of appreciating other people. When something appreciates, it increases in value. We choose to appreciate the people around us, even if we have frustrations with them sometimes. It increases their value in our hearts, in our eyes. That's a really good thing. We express thanks to the people around us. They're going to feel valued. Their they're worth, again, is going to increase in our minds. And often... What we have to do is we have to set aside the tendency, which for me is so natural to criticize, to condemn, to complain. We have to set that aside so that we can choose gratitude and thank them for the things that they're doing that are really a blessing to us. This is, again, really hard. And, you know, I'm not saying that we don't deal with conflict as it comes up. We have to talk with people about things sometimes. There's things... We can't let go and God actually tells us to take that to our brother or sister and work things out but what a great way to start a hard conversation by expressing appreciation by having taken the time to think God has been so good to me through this person in this way and let me start by thanking them for that even though we have to work through hard things together so choosing gratitude is the first habit the second healthy habit is to gather a circle of encouraging friends let's look at hebrews 3 13. but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today which is every day so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness this passage is just saying that being hardened by sin's deceitfulness is a given we have to continually work against that so we want to encourage one another daily and we want to gather the kind of people in our lives that will allow us to do that and allow us to be encouraged Another verse that speaks to this is Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, I don't think any of us start off saying, you know what, I'd like to suffer harm today. I'd like to have trouble. But have we ever chosen to let the wrong people influence us, to walk with them in a way where we're just going to do what they do? Say what they say, think what they think. And you know what? I I might think, I'm an introvert, I might think, oh, I'm just going to avoid everybody. That way I won't be around foolish people. But look at what Proverbs 28, 26 says about this. He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. So we can't just trust in ourselves either. We need to actively gather people around us who can help us to walk with God. The Bible says that on my own, I'm a fool. Just keeping my own company, all by myself, not a good idea. See, whether we realize it or not, we're setting a reference group for our life. This reference group is helping us decide, even when we're not really thinking about it consciously, decide what's normal, what's good, about how to handle the various issues of life. Our perspective and values we talked about earlier are being shaped by this reference group. Oh, Life works this way because the people that I spend the most time with think it works this way. Oh, these are the most important things because I see the people that I spend the most time with putting the most value in these things. That's the reference group at work. We need a group of friends, again, who are walking with God, who are in humility taking their next steps to become more like His Son, Jesus Christ, to do the things that... Please, God, and that God says will bring blessing step by step over time. We really need that. Our groups here at Ridgeview, by the way, are a great way to connect with friends like that. My wife and I are in a marriage group right now. It's been really helpful. We're learning more about what it takes to build a strong and healthy marriage. And we're also, as we talk with the other people in the group, getting that encouragement. Wow, I'm not the only one who thinks this way. We're not the only ones who face this kind of dynamic in our marriage. It's very, very helpful. The third healthy habit is to take our concerns to God. Again, this is seems self-evident, but it's really hard for me to make this a habit. You know, I, I just need to be reminded of it again and again, and maybe you do too. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. When we've given our life to Jesus Christ as the boss of our lives, we've said, I can't do this on my own. I need your forgiveness. I need your help. You are the king. When we do that, we have a righteousness that we can never get on our own. God gives us that through Jesus Christ. And then he says in Psalm 55, 22, He will never let the righteous fall as we turn to him. Our cares, they're like burdens that we carry around with us. It's just not for us to carry. They cause us anxiety and we can... Give them back to God. In fact, he tells us to give them to God. Let him carry them. So again, that third healthy habit. And there's another verse that we've looked at in this series that speaks directly to that as well. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, in everything. That's so hard for me to remember. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That really sums up this whole Streams of Thought series. We need our hearts and our minds guarded by Christ Jesus. We need the peace that is so deep, so profound, that it's, we can't even explain it without God. We need that for our hearts and our minds in the midst of the chaos of the world around us. So Habit 3, cast our burdens on God. So these first three habits are really good but and i want to pause here there's still a problem we could practice these on their own for a long time and in, in my opinion still have a very shallow faith we could learn to choose gratitude but end up focusing only on trivial things to be grateful for or we could hang out with a group of wise christ followers for a long time but just be conforming and then what happens when we're away from that group i've actually seen this happen many times it's It's really discouraging. We could also take lots of our cares to God, but again, be focused on things that in in the grand scheme of things, in God's perspective on life, are not the most important things. And so we're not deepening a heart for the things that most matter to Him. We could do all that and sort of just move along in a shallow faith. So we have to build this final fundamental habit to tie them all together. The cornerstone for all the other habits that we're talking about today is found in Psalm 1. And we looked at this earlier in the series as well. Let's take a look again. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. So this person sets aside negative streams of thought. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. The fundamental habit is we must take delight in God's word. We have to take delight in it. It's not enough to just agree that it might be helpful. It's not enough to just read it or to quote it. In fact, it's not enough to read it regularly. We have to slow down and spend time in it repeatedly. We have to meditate on it, consider it slowly consider the meaning of it so that we can latch on to God's thoughts. We have to figure out in the middle of that how to actually delight in it. Now, for me, this is really hard. I, I tend to get, you know, I, I want to check boxes off. I want to get through my list and it can feel like spending time with God through reading the Bible is just something to check off. It can feel like a chore. How much am I missing When I just hurry through it or when I think oh I'm obligated to do this this isn't because of a deep personal relationship with God this is just one more task I have so it's really hard to take delight in his word you know I I imagine you're talking to a friend and the whole time you've got your phone you're like "Uh uh-huh yeah and you're just back to the phone back to the phone back to the phone because of the distractions of life that's how I feel a lot of the time when I'm trying to spend time in God's Word it's a big challenge but this is the habit we can tie all the others together and give them depth, help us to really grow more and more like Jesus Christ. The results, according to Psalm 1, are totally worth it. Look at verse 3. He is like a tree, this person who delights in God's word, is like a tree planted by streams of water. There's that word streams again. Which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers does not wither, that means we can flourish in spite of the trouble we face in life. And prosper is making progress. We all start somewhere, and when we turn to God for the first time, submit to Him, we're starting at a point there with everything else that's happened in our life. But from that point, as we delight in God's Word, we can make progress. We can start to prosper day by day as we walk with God into the future. This is the habit that allows us to choose gratitude and to appreciate the things that are most important to God. This is the habit that allows us to band together with friends who will sharpen us and encourage us and go beyond conformity to experience lasting change from God himself. And this is the habit that allows us to give all our cares to God and to grow our concern beyond ourselves and our immediate needs. So how do we develop this foundational habit? I'm going to wrap things up here But this is the question for all of us. How do we do this? First, I would encourage you to get advice from somebody that is doing this. We don't tend to go looking to ask advice of people, but I would encourage you to do that this week. Who's making progress in this area? Whose life reflects the joy and peace that only God can give? You can ask them. How do you, the Bible says we're supposed to delight in God's word. How do you do that? I would also encourage you to take a next step this week with God's Word. Spend some time reading it. You should read your Bible. I should read my Bible. There's so much there. Read the Bible and ask God to reveal Himself to you through it. You could read John chapter 9. That's a favorite of mine. Or Luke 8. Or Proverbs 3. Or the story of Joseph. Or the story of Ruth. Or the st- or any story from the book of Acts. And there's so much more. You could ask the person you're getting advice from. Hey, what's a good place to start? What's a favorite Passage that would help the Bible come alive for me and just start there. And then finally, I would ask you today to consider memorizing this verse so that you can pray it each time you read the Bible. This is so helpful. We're trying to delight in God's word. And look at what Psalm 119.18 says. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Psalm 119.18 Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Psalm 119, 18. You could repeat that 10 times. Reference before, and then the verse, reference after. 10 times, you're starting to memorize it. And then as you open your Bible, God, here I am. I don't feel very good at this. Would you please open my eyes that I would see wonderful things in your law? As we close today and consider what it'll look like for each of us to really delight in God's word, I like to return to Isaiah 55. In verse 9, if you remember, it God says, "As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts." And then he continues, verse 10, "As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty." but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I send it. So God says, as you delight in my word, I will be faithful to make my word accomplish what I want it to accomplish. I'm with you in this. Follow me. And then right after that, in the beginning of verse 12, he says, you will go out with joy and be led forth in peace. What will it look like in your life today, this week, this year, to draw close to God by delighting in His Word? What does that look like for you? As we take delight in His Word, as we turn it over in our minds and put it into practice, it will allow us to redirect the flow of destructive thoughts that stream through our hearts and minds so easily we do this day by day, year by year, and add to this foundation the other habits that allow us to draw close to God, we really will prosper. We will experience the joy in life that God wants us to have. That's my hope for each one of us. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, this maybe sounds simple and straightforward, but it is so hard in the midst of the life that we face and I'm so thankful that your son Jesus came to earth and lived life experienced the challenges the temptations that we experience so he knows you know we ask for your help with this right now we really do want to experience your joy and your peace in life so help us to delight in your word help us to build habits that really cooperate with you help us to show the world around us how good you are